and welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Fence podcast. As always, my name is Ben Qualiata and joining me today is a very special guest to discuss the new age of the Super League War. I can't believe we're in this again. Uh, one half of NRO Boom Rookies and Channel 9 writer Matt Bungard. Matt, thanks for joining us. Hey Ben, that's all right. How are you doing? Uh, that's a loaded question in these times. Uh, not great, considering the last 24 <laughs> well, hours. Yeah, it's uh, been quite tumultuous although i mean my club has basically morphed into the de facto heroes of the world in the past 12 hours so that's kind of nice yeah that's a position you've somewhat strengthened it's not yeah. a new position for you no it well no but i mean it was just weird this morning seeing fans of literally every club including liverpool on social media tuning for leads <laughs> but it was great yeah Should've won. Uh, sure it was fine but well any non-super league win is basically well, a that's win. well that's uh that's Leeds have played Leeds are five games unbeaten in the Premier League right now and three of those were against Super League teams so yeah I just says it all I guess I just where do the, you want to start uh where do I want to start well if you've been under a rock for the last 24 hours basically 12 of Europe's leading clubs and I say that with a slight hint of sarcasm considering some of the names on this list uh have decided to form their own version of the Champions League where there will be pretty much no threat of non-qualification. So Arsenal, Chelsea, the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool, Tottenham, Tottenham, Barca, Real Madrid, Atletico, Juventus, Inter and AC Milan um, are the dirty dozen, plus three more, quote, foundation clubs, according to the press release that came out yesterday, uh, morning australian time um just initially i think everyone kind of expected that they would try and get psg and the two big german clubs in as the last three mm. Bayern and dortmund have since come out and pretty much said no we're not joining this i don't know how long that's going to last publicly but would you have thought they, they would be the uh, other three clubs they would have at least targeted no this? because the German clubs are fan owned, and with the fifty plus one model, they it will it will not happen because fans are so steadfastly against this that they would just vote against any uh, measures to try and make that happen. The only exceptions would be uh, Wolfsburg, RB Leipzig, and Bayer Leverkusen have slightly different models, but I don't think any of those clubs would fit the um, would fit the description or the billing of what these of what this you know what the Super League is after. Um, it, I suppose if, if this does go ahead and, and I still am doubtful as to whether it will, perhaps they'd look at RB Leipzig in a couple of years time since they do have so much financial backing behind them. But no, I, I, I can't imagine a world where Bayern Munich and Dortmund would be a part of this pillar because their fans won't allow it. No, like I should have framed that differently. Uh, I don't think they'll be part of it either. It was more just, I think that's who they would have at least. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, Florentino Perez is absolutely lying when he says <laughs> that they didn't, that they didn't try and get those teams. Like that is, yeah. Uh, like just, I mean, that, I mean, you can't trust a word that guy says anyway, but no. Uh, and yeah, PSG is a tricky one, I guess with Nasser El Khalifi, you know, owning B in media and PSG being, of course, has Champions League rights in a lot of the world. Yep. Um, yeah. It wouldn't really make sense for him to go against his own interests, I suppose. So I guess that's not, and he's also of course um, involved in UEFA as well. So um, yeah, it, that that one's also mildly unsurprising, and and then again, I don't think any um, any other uh, French team would really fit the description either. 
maybe Monaco a few years ago, but not anymore. Yeah, good shout, probably. But yeah, you're right, not now. And even like other teams like Ajax, again, historically big, but I don't know if they're the glamorous enough to uh, attract the the eyes of the the Paris of the world. But yeah, that guy's just a, a slime ball. But um, I'm not here to talk about him for an hour. No. I just wanted to quickly run through a part of the statement that I found interesting. I'm not going to run through the whole thing. If you want to read it yourself, I'm sure you can find it um, amongst various breakdowns of why it's a terrible idea somewhere on the internet. But uh, one bit I wanted to highlight, the pandemic has shown that a strategic vision and a sustainable commercial approach are required to enhance value and support for the benefit of the entire European football pyramid. In recent months, extensive dialogue has taken place with football stakeholders. I don't believe that. Regarding the future format of European competitions, the founding clubs believe the solutions proposed following these talks do not solve fundamental issues, including the need to provide higher quality matches and additional financial resources for the overall football pyramid. That just sounds like one big lie to me. Yeah, well, it's absolutely a lie because um, this is about this is about a small gaggle of nervous clubs attempting to uh, safeguard their own interests. And that's all it is. I did note the timing. I read this article i'll raise it up later but um you know several of these clubs are facing huge debts i don't even think that's related to the pandemic i think they were slowly spiraling anyway uh real madrid have i think some historical debts italy has been a recession for since the roman empire so those clubs are down to be feeling the financial squeeze but the bit that i thought was interesting in that segment that i just read out uh additional financial resources for the overall football pyramid i, I if JP Morgan has underwritten four billion, whatever dollars, pounds, whatever currency it was, it, what of that would even go to any team outside this? I would have thought none of it. Like I don't know how yeah, this generates revenue for it, the non-elite. It, it doesn't. It, it just doesn't. Um, uh, the, the, there's no there's no scenario in which this is good for any club outside of outside of the ones that are involved in this. Um, and there's no, and there's no reason to expect otherwise, if you're a club that's looking on the outside of this, you know, top 12 or top 15 or whatever it ends up being. Um, yeah, it, it is a complete just nonsense just to try and sell the idea that these are some brave freedom fighters battling back <laughs> against UEFA and, 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 and look, obviously FIFA and UEFA are no saints. They're some of the most corrupt and poorly run organizations in the world at times, but it is weird for them to be unfortunately on the right side of things here. And, and I totally get people going, Oh, but they're just looking out their interests as well. And that is true. But this proposal that would essentially gatekeep the top European football to 99.9% of clubs is just an absolutely ridiculous one. Yeah. It, it, it's not a great sign when yeah, FIFA and UEFA are on the, the good guys side, considering let's, let's call it a checkered past. Um, but yeah, the initial proposal indicates 20 clubs in the inaugural uh, season, which I think was scheduled for optimistic or uh, aiming for 2023 and 24, although that could be sooner depending on what happens with, or A, if it goes ahead, which like you said, I still kind of doubt. Um, but also just if they do get booted from every other competition they're involved in. Um, but yeah, 15 founding clubs and qualifying mechanisms for remaining five spots. 
I don't know what these qualifying mechanisms would be. Um, I guess it would go on some sort of coefficient. Uh, I, I don't care. I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't care. I don't want to think about it. I, I don't give a shit. I will not watch it. Uh, Leeds, as we saw this morning from their, uh, both their actions and their words, they will not be involved in this, even if they were asked to be. Um, and I couldn't be prouder of them for the way they acted today. Um, I don't want to talk about the the what the prospective opportunities that would arise for the peasants to get a crumb from the table. <laughs> it makes brave, me sick even thinking about it. Those brave, um, plucky clubs like Leeds. Yeah, no, no chance. Um, don't care. Will not watch a second of this. Um, I, I don't really understand. And look, 90% of fans that I've spoken to, if not more than that, are against this. But even the ones that are like, oh, it's great. They'll just be good teams playing each other every week. It's like, you will get bored of this within three months. There's a, like, there's a reason why no one watches those preseason like Audi Cup or Emirates Cup tournaments, right? Because, yeah, it's the big teams playing each other, but there's no stakes. Nothing matters. Nothing means anything. And this will be the same. They can, they, can, they can say that they're, and Real Madrid said this this morning, they're saying they're going to count their Champions League titles in this new system. So they're going to start with 13 titles, which is hilarious to me, or 11 or whatever, however many it is. Um, obviously, that's funny in itself, but you can't just invent a competition and force people to care about it. I certainly won't. Well, you've jumped ahead a little bit. So I might as well just go to that point that you just made about people not caring. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but I was scaring the internet last night just reading a few different perspectives on it, all usually coming from or going to the same destination of this sucks. Uh, but one really interesting one I read was from Jonathan Liu from The Guardian. Um, yes, he yes, he essentially said what you just said, like it creates football as a non-fungible consumer good. So if you've got, you know, the two biggest clubs in the world, let, let's for instance say Chelsea's one of them. Um, sure. no, now let's say it's, you've got Barca versus, you know, Man United, on yep. Tuesday, like, oh, you missed it. No worries. They're playing again next week and yeah. again in two weeks and again in two weeks. Like the reason it's... people enjoy the Champions League for what it is so much now is because these event. big games don't come around that often. And when they do, they're like, they're must watch fixtures. But if they if... devalue them to the point that they are effectively, you know, stoke on a Tuesday, well then, yeah, no one cares. If they're all big games, then That's none not... of them are no. big games. That's how it works. You can't get excited for Barcelona versus Real Madrid uh, if a week later it's Chelsea versus Man United and, and then the day after that it's Liverpool versus Juventus and then these teams are all just playing each other every week. That will wear off very quickly. People won't enjoy it. People will get bored. They will. And the idea that these people think that this group of 12 or 15 clubs is bigger than the combined resources and, and fan power of every other club on earth is laughable to me. Um, I just, I think so much of this hinges on whether UEFA and FIFA and the respective football associations actually show some backbone and follow up on their threats to exclude the players from the World Cup and the Euros and to kick these teams out of their domestic leagues. Yeah, and as we've seen in the past, we, that isn't exactly a sure thing. No. Uh, uh, you, I mean, you're relying on FIFA and UEFA to show backbone <laughs> against you know, some of the richest and most powerful entities on earth. So don't hold your breath there. No. But at the same time, um, UEFA would be very motivated to be looking after their own interests and nothing and nothing matters to them more than the Champions League and, and the money and the revenue that they get from the Champions League. So it's, um, yeah, maybe they will put the foot down here. Who knows? And if that does happen, if they 
if those play like Lionel Messi is not staying at Barcelona if the choice is playing in a World Cup or playing in this bullshit league. He's not staying. No chance in the world. Cristiano is not staying at, at Juventus if the choice is one more World Cup or playing in this bullshit for three years. He's not doing that either. There's no chance half these guys will stay at these clubs. It means they can't play in the World Cup. Are you, are you just angling for a Galactico Leeds Lionel Messi led? Well, I mean, it's a win-win for me, right? Either they all the good players do stay at the clubs and Patrick Bamford leads the line for England at the World Cup or Lionel Messi comes to Leeds. So I can't really lose. <laughs> uh, the other bit I wanted to point out, um, which wasn't from Jonathan's article, but I kind of got my own conclusion out of it anyway. Um, we kind of overstate the, you know, the romantic values of, you know, the magic of the cup and all that bullshit, especially with the FA Cup but even with the Champions League on a, a global level. But you just think about all these smaller clubs in the, what you'd call low coefficient leagues, like, you know, the, the Barté Borisovs of the world. I can't, like, the, the revenue that they would generate from one of these Champions League nights where, they're, you know, you've got Real Madrid having to schlep it halfway across the planet just for a random Wednesday night. That, that's huge for these clubs. And effectively... The way I view it, these big clubs have gone, ah, you know what? They can't be screwed traveling all the way out to, I forget, Belarus anymore. So we're just going to have our own little circus. And if you want to come, you can. But honestly, we don't really care. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, mate. I I don't... um, you, You lose the magic that comes with the Champions League. You lose the charm. You lose... You lose a lot of the things that make this competition great. Like there's plenty of times in the past where things of underdogs have got up and they've been great stories, like both in the group stage and, and beyond. Like Apoel Nicosia from Cyprus made the last eight a few years ago. Ajax yeah. made the semifinals two years yep. ago. And I don't and I'm loath to call Ajax a small club. No, but, but in the context yeah. of this, the fact that they're A not in the not in this super league and 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 B do have comparatively fewer resources than all of these clubs in in, in larger nations. I would say that also counts another story. You get individual games. You've got like that Celtic game where they beat Barcelona. You're, you're not going to have things like that anymore. And it's and you you lose the soul of the competition. And, Just, yeah. and, and one of the things that I think a lot of these people don't grasp is that someone has to be the worst team in this new league. So <laughs> is Arsenal's... Is Arsenal... Well, what? Is Arsenal's destiny just to now be the rich man's Burnley? I hope so. Is that it for them? You're drawing me into the idea now. Well, you're, well, I mean, it's, I don't think even Chelsea, I mean, what's, what's their destiny now to just be the, 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 the Everton of this league that just finishes seventh or eighth every year. I I don't understand what the point is. And when there's no promotion and relegation, you're going to be left with a whole bunch of games towards the back end before you get to this knockout stage where, they don't mean anything. There's no stakes. Nothing matters. It's ninth place AC Milan against 11th place Tottenham. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Uh, and you say nothing matters. That, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, the, um, the clubs in this Super League, uh, it won't affect their uh, domestic league season. But, well, if nothing matters, like if this, especially for the 15 or 12 at the moment, 15, whatever, the foundation clubs that have no threat of uh, expo- like relegation from this magical, you know, Valhalla league of shite, then the league doesn't matter to them because, like, Chelsea, Man United, whatever, can be mm. coming like 15th in the league. Oh, it doesn't matter. We're in the Super League anyway. No, it means nothing. 
and I mean, you go back to the other day. Um, uh, Jurgen Klopp was saying, you know, oh, we've got seven cup finals yep. to make the Champions League. Well, no, you don't. You've got seven games that don't mean anything because, because now it doesn't matter whether you finish fourth or seventh or tenth. Or it's meaningless. And that was a great game this morning. But if this shit goes ahead, the stakes of that game were pretty much nothing. Yeah, it's going to be weird in five years' time when, you know, Arsenal are in the fourth division <laughs> or in, like, Conference South, but they're still in the Super League. Well, this... I, I just... I, I'm just sceptical. I just don't know... I, I just don't see... I just don't know... I just don't understand how this is a, this is sustainable in a long-term level. I just don't know how people won't get bored. Well, it's not... Well, exactly. Yes, it's not sustainable. People will get bored. People that would think logically would get bored but i, I guess know. you don't get bored if you are continuously lining your pockets with you know millions and millions and millions of dollars every year which i'm guessing is the ultimate goal out of all this this soulless money grabbing for lack of a better word like billionaires don't yeah. get bored of money um no and the, there's it, it just baffles me that and it's almost patronizing that People go. They try to go. Oh, it's not for the fans that go to games. It's for the. It's for the. You know. It's for the, the the millions of fans around the world. And it's like, I haven't seen these fans in Australia or America or any other market where I have. You know, where I follow people on social media or whatever. Um, I haven't seen any market where they're in favor of this stuff. I haven't seen anyone that's excited about this. Uh, I looked at off the sport did a Twitter poll, I think two days ago about this. And, you know, I would assume that Optus Sports Twitter following is largely Australians. Yeah. Um, and this poll had a couple of thousand votes on it and it was, um, and it was like 90% against. So I'm not sure where these fans that are frothing for this bullshit are coming from. It's, it's all the first name bunch of numbers. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, so I found that 1,700 votes was 85% against, 8% for, 8% indifferent. So, yeah. And that was, so, I assume, before the announcement or before the statement? Uh, no, no, it was, it was like 10 a.m. yesterday. Oh, but, okay. Um, yeah, but, and, you know, I've had plenty of people who I know who support these teams have already told me that they're going to be, if, if they go ahead with this, they're going to start supporting somebody else, yourself included. So, uh, no, I don't, don't know me like that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it has to be done. And I'll lose a lot of respect for you if you keep supporting Chelsea through this. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but um, the p people will leave their clubs that they've bled for, that they've cried tears over, that, they've, that, that their whole life's been built around. They'll stop supporting them over this because it's just so insulting and so disgusting that this small handful of greedy clubs think they can just pull the drawbridge up behind themselves and, and stop anybody else from trying to ever get beyond their station. It's, it's disgusting. It's sickening. Um, yeah. And it, if they do go ahead by this, I hope the FA has the, has the bravery to kick them out of the Premier League, tell them all to get fucked because you go have your little competition. You go. And when, and when that blows up in your face in five years, you can come back and you can start from the conference. Yeah. Cause we're not having this. They're not that brave. They won't do that. They're a bunch of cowards, but they should. And you know what? Football would be fine. People go, oh, they won't have the World Cup without those players. Yeah, they will. It's the World Cup. People will watch it anyway. Italy and the Netherlands didn't qualify for last World Cup. People still watched it. 
Um, people will still watch the Champions League. Manchester United are the biggest brand in the world. They've been in the champion. They 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 missed the Champions League for several years in a row. People still watched it. This idea that individuals or individual clubs are bigger than the sport to me is is, is repulsive, and it's not true. People will still watch the Premier League. They'll still watch the Champions League. They'll certainly still watch the World Cup. Yep. I just wish people. I just wish the people that were in charge of these organizations had enough courage to call this bluff because it is essentially a bluff. It is. It is. A, it's a piece of leverage that these clubs have used in the past when they want more TV money from the Champions League or when they want more teams added to the Champions League from the larger nations or when they want something that UEFA can give them. This is the furthest it's ever gone. But they've done this before and they'll do it again in the future. Yeah, but fuck it, call their bluff. Tell them, great, see ya. You're done. Kick Chelsea, Real Madrid, and um, I'm blanking, and Manchester City out of the Champions League tomorrow. Just do it. Hand PSG the title. I don't give a shit. Who cares? Uh, yeah, I, I think. Well, not, nothing of what you said is wrong, and I know I made a joke about it, but yeah, I'm. Let's just say less than thrilled with how my clubs acted. Um, but I think it is also important to point out that this is mainly a um, a management, like it's not on the players. Or the, like they wouldn't have a clue before this came out. Yes, that I would have thought um, about all this stuff. So that would have been like, and even Jurgen Klopp, like what, two years ago was on record as saying, you know, staunchly against uh, this sort of idea. And now he's been blindsided today with FSG, have, you know, effectively signed him up for this shit. Um, so I think it's important to separate that, but it, look, you can't really, like in general, yes, I agree with you. Like people will just, they'll just turn away. They'll find new teams. They'll, and time will march on and football will march on. And when these clubs come groveling back, if it ever gets to that, which like, yeah, I don't think the FA will be that, um, uh, I don't know, that strong in dealing with it. Um, but yeah, look, it's, it's just a really unfortunate mess in general and it should never have come to this but that's what happens when money runs the game unfortunately and i said that as someone whose club for let's be honest has benefited from the money um but yeah i'm not happy i'm not happy about it but you did bring no. up early, you did bring up earlier the <clears throat> like the other markets like i wanted to raise the us because i think i've seen the theory that this Super League effectively follows the quote-unquote US sports model, like the NFL and the NBA. But th that's very different. Like those markets, or sorry, those organizations are all tiered towards providing for one league, like one obvious good league, like, you know, college pathways and salary caps and things like that. Those are all, that's why the US model works the way it does because it's been like that for 50 thousand years and everyone recognizes there's one like a super league of football with all the europe's top clubs it doesn't work that way like there's so many pathways no. all these big clubs what's the point of running an academy when you can just buy every good player from outside the uh, this super league give them a million pounds a league because there's no like you've got billions every year coming in like the jack Grealishes of the world i think is the best example i can think of is widely considered probably one of the best non-big six players in the Premier League. What's stopping one of these clubs from just going, hey, Jack, we'll give you, yeah, a million pounds a week. You can come play for us. And Aston Villa going, well, shit, I hope he loves us that much that he'll say no to that. And he's going to be like, oh, well, I've got 
all this money I can set myself up for life for, like what's really stopping him from saying no? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Playing at a World Cup, I guess. Yeah, but then you're asking to value the World Cup over, you know, his lifetime. Well, I mean, you're implying that they won't get paid shitloads of money to play at, you know, Lyon or Everton. They will. They'll be just fine. Um, you're, it won't be as much money, but again, yes. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's everyone's dream to play in a World Cup, and I don't know how many people value just money over that. Or, you know, and people grew up dreaming to play in the Champions League and winning the Champions League. They didn't grow up to win this shit, this nonsense tournament. I'm agreeing with you. I just yeah. think it's dangerous. Uh, I don't know the answers. I'm sure it's it, it's it's it'll be different for everybody, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, I just I just don't like yeah. the idea of asking people that question and then no getting scared of the, the potential answers. I'm sure some people would take the the money, um, but that doesn't mean it's right. Uh, I also I I would imagine that this would potentially increase the leverage and the spending power of some of those other clubs as well, because it would open up more TV money for teams like Leeds and Everton and stuff. Obviously the Premier League TV deals will go down substantially, but those teams would get a great, much greater share. I mean, have to, you'd have to look at the numbers and analyze all of that and whether it actually ends up better or worse for them. But yeah, look, there's going to be net negatives for both sides and there's going to be positives for both sides. But at the end of the day, I still just really hope this doesn't happen. No, neither do I. Uh, I do think it also um, stretches out the the gap in the pyramid. Although we've kind of touched on that already. Um, yeah, the rich get richer, all that you know, general economic bullshit. Um, there was one bit I really enjoyed in the statement, which was uh, financial instability during the pandemic. Now, I don't think anyone denies that clubs are losing money right now. That's just the nature. But I'm using my own club as an example here because they would have obviously been part of these discussions for, I don't know, however long this has been going on for in the background. But I thought it was a bit rich to include that in the statement. And then, you know, just coming off, you know, spending 80 million on Kai Havertz, 50 million on Tim Averna, 50 million on Ben Shearwell, 40 million on Hakim Ziyech. And they'd be like, oh, you know, we need to protect our our, our future. We need to protect. Yeah. Well, you know, like, we'll, we'll stop spending debt. like a billion dollars a year. Half these clubs are in substantial debt. They are. Yeah. I think I read it earlier. I've forgotten now. But, um, you know, Real Madrid haven't been able to attract a big signing for a few years now, which is un, unheard of for them. Um, Italy, uh, Juventus, I think, are in debt, mainly because of the Ronaldo signing, just how much money he's on. Uh into, I believe, have to cough up a certain amount by a certain date. I think Barcelona are in debt. So the timing isn't surprising in that regard. No, but I just can't fathom what they hope. Like, how much is enough for these people? Like, will the Super League look to push some of the smaller teams of this Super League out in a few years' time? When, when teams like Spurs and Arsenal aren't marketable because they're getting smashed every week? Is that how this ends? Like, what, what's the end game? Uh, you, you can't just keep throwing more, more, more and more money at things. You just can't. 
But honestly, I, I just don't understand how anyone could possibly bring themselves to be emotionally invested in this in any way. Like you're either, if you support one of these teams, you're either going to begrudgingly accept this and watch it and probably not feel great about it, or you're going to stop watching completely. No one's passionately happy about this. No, and it all comes back to the devaluing of the big game. Every big game is no big game. Yeah, exactly, mate. Um, but yeah, like I said, yeah, Chelsea spent 200 million pounds on players. Um, Arsenal, you know, shamelessly killed off their mascot, um, had the well-publicized 50-odd staff getting laid off uh, and then going around and signing William to a three-year deal worth a couple hundred thousand a week. Obviously, while all of this negotiation would have, you know, being spoken about in the background, it's just a really bad look. I mean, and that's the most obvious thing I've ever said in my life, but it's just a really grubby look for these clubs that have, you know, cried foul or cried poor, you know, having to cut off staff and, you know, players have all agreed to these 8% pay cuts uh, or whatever the um, agreed standard was in the league uh, while they're, the boffins upstairs were negotiating this billion dollar injection into their own pockets. It's just ugly. Yeah. I didn't, I, I, yeah, I didn't want this to get a, like, I don't know, emotionally geared, but well, how else are you supposed to feel yeah, about I, it? I know it's the, it's just Football the is an emotional thing. It is. It's, we, we emotionally invest our time into winning and losing and to succeeding and to failing and, it's called the beautiful this game announcement, for a reason. This announcement essentially just makes all of that worthless. It does not matter if Chelsea fail in the Premier League. It doesn't matter if they finish 12th. It means nothing. And if you win this fucking League of Nations bullshit, over the fuck it's called, like, are you going to even like care? I don't know. I, 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 I don't I'm care. mildly interested. Like, let's say, worst case scenario, this does happen. I yeah. would be mildly interested to see how the winning club of this would like market it. Like, oh, we, yeah. we've won the, the what is it, Super League. Well, I already know. told you that Real Madrid are counting all the Champions Leagues in this. Yeah, that's a bit silly. That's like, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, it's like Boston. Well, sorry, it's like St. George counting. And I know this is a different example, but it's like St. George counting. They're like 13 in a row when there was like no one else really on their level. Well, no, that's that's a legitimate those were legitimate. No, I know, I know, but the same competition. The point I'm, I know, it would the be point like I'm if trying... you counted. It would be like if South counted the 2015 World Sevens as a premiership. Okay. Um, the point I was making, I know it was a poor example. The point I was trying to make is, you know what? I don't know what point I was trying to make. I'm just upset. I'm not sure, but the <laughs> I was trying to say it's a different competition. But yeah, I think I've gone the wrong way with this. Like they're using a, like boosting the numbers with Mickey Mouse competitions, which is what I was trying to make. I just used the wrong example for it. So yes, the South one is better. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say about this. I just, I'm just so, so disgusted by it. The fact that a couple of these clubs didn't even put the announcements on their social media pages so they could avoid getting roasted tells you that they all know it's a terrible idea. I mean, you had an official statement on the Manchester City website with quotes from the one of the executives from Manchester United. I mean, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about this, uh, I don't know be, what will. That's, yeah, so I wanted to quickly talk about the, th the three men that were quoted on that. You know, Flo Perez, Agnelli and Glazer. Yeah. Probably three of the most hated men in world football, even before this. 
Um, yeah. I think everyone who's anyone, like even the most casual football fan would know who Florentino Perez is. He's been Real Madrid president since 2009, um, but even had six years in the early 2000s as well. Brought in the infamous Galactico policy, which kind of has backfired. He's obviously a much more commercial uh, football mind. Uh, sorry, commercial mind than a football fan. Um, Joel Glazer is part of the Glazer family. He's owned United since 2005, I think. They haven't won anything relevant in, well, for a club of Man United stature, way too long. Uh, they've also had a documented struggle to sign good players. Every big signing turns into a saga for them. Most recently, Jaden Sancho. Uh, and Andrea Agnelli, who was up until yesterday, I assume, president of the European Clubs Association and on the way for executive committee. Have you seen the theory uh, that was going around between him and Alexander Seferin, I think is his name, the UEFA president? What's the theory? So the theory is that uh, Agnelli has been befriending Seferin for years now. Um, presumably, uh, it, this is all hindsight, but presumably to, you know, Greece hit the wheels to get this, you know, ludicrous proposal anywhere off the ground. I know yeah. Seferin's not part of it, but um, the theory goes that Agnelli has gone so far. It's like, apparently Seferin is the godfather to Agnelli's daughter. And yeah, the, well, that been, part is true, yes. Yeah, but there's, the theory is that that is all just... Because I think if you saw the quotes from Seferin yesterday, he did not hold back on, on calling Agnelli all sorts of names and, you know... Uh, it's all it's all greed and you know this is the i forget it, it, it was ugly but the theory i thought it was hilarious um and probably not too far from the truth knowing how these people operate that he would use his own daughter in a porn as a pawn in this game yeah i mean <laughs> who knows if that's true but i mean nothing would surprise me at this point with, yeah with those people um and then obviously Seferin went on to say that they will use their all the sanctions they can as soon as they can. You know, they'll absolutely ban players from the World Cup. Um, Good. The Champions League can continue without these traitors. We can. Um, you know, Real Madrid, Chelsea, what happens with that game? If this, like, like, so the other semi final, like, did, did PSG just get the trophy? I think so. I wouldn't be against it. As Me either. painful as that is. Um, and yeah, there's also, there's obviously been widespread vocal opposition. I thought hilariously Boris Johnson even chimed in, which I thought yeah. was funny. <laughs> just, just, considering, just considering his... Yeah, known champion of the working class, Boris yeah. Johnson. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, the, the league, like the leagues and the Champions League and international football will survive without these clubs for however long mm -hmm. they decide to, I guess, entertain this theory, this idea. Uh, is it good? No, of course it's not good. I don't think anyone's saying that it is good that these clubs can piss off, but that's just the harsh reality of the situation. And like for them to think that the emotional attachment of the game for 99% of fans around the world is based on whether they can watch Barcelona versus Real Madrid. And, you know, they can watch an El Clasico every second week, I think is yeah, incre great. Won't incredibly, incredibly short-sighted and yeah, incredibly awful, fanciful. Well, 
as I said, if this goes ahead, I won't. I won't be watching. I will not be watching. No, uh, if it's on. It's like it's going to be on in the background. It'll be all at five a.m. our time. But like, I would, I just will ignore it. Yeah, it, it was, won't exist to me. I was going to say it, it's a, it's a great opportunity for an up and coming streamer though, like streaming provider. Yeah, maybe sports flick can get involved. <laughs> yeah, so I'm saying if it's on Optus, I. I, I I don't think they'd bother doing it because they've like they've got the Champions League rights here. Well, um, not anymore. They don't. That that is true. After next year. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think. Look, I I don't want to talk about this any more than I have to because like hopefully it's just a like one huge leverage play, which is still dirty, but I, I'm assuming that's probably the best possible outcome we can hope for at this rate. That it's just a leverage play to get them to change the current. Champions League structure. I don't even think there's anything wrong with it, but I mean, it's not for me to call. And hopefully this never goes ahead. Hopefully not. Did you have anything to plug before we wrapped up here? No, just listen to NRL Boom Rookies. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, it goes all right. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. I'm pretty funny. <laughs> not, not even the Patreon? I mean, why would that be weird? This is, if I just uh, ask people to give me money for a podcast that they're not currently listening to. Ah, oh, but they'll go listen to it after. You also yeah, over listen to, listen to NRL Boom Rookies. You're also overriding the reach of this. Well, um, I had fun. That's all that matters. You had fun yelling about greedy mofos for half an hour. I did. Thank you. Which I mean, it's just a it's, it's just a day in the life of the Matt Bungard. Pretty much just yelling about things, getting angry. Uh, yeah. Oh, if, if you're listening to this by now, you obviously know where to find me and all my stuff. Um, Thank you for listening. And we'll chat to you again next week. Thanks, Matt, for coming on. Anytime, Ben. Cheers.